Welcome to the Being Happy Podcast with Andrew Matthews. Andrew's books, including Being Happy, Follow Your Heart, and How Life Works, are published in 43 languages. Here's Andrew. This is podcast number four, Dealing with Disasters. I have three thoughts about things we call disasters. Firstly, often something looks like a disaster, but looking back, we see it wasn't. Has it ever happened to you where what you thought was the worst thing turned out to be a good thing? Secondly, we learn the most when life gets tough, which means that problems and disasters aren't all bad. And the third thing I notice is that happy and effective people look at tough situations differently, and we can learn from them. How often do you hear of a story like this? Fred and Mary are engaged to be married. The church is booked, the dress is made, the wedding invitations have been sent out, the honeymoon is all paid for. At which point Fred tells Mary, I'm in love with Jennifer. <laughs> Mary is inconsolable. This is the disaster to end all disasters. The shame, the trauma, the expense. Mary wants to die. Six months later, Mary meets Bill, who is everything that Fred wasn't. Within two years, Bill and Mary are married with a baby girl. <laughs> Mary looks back and laughs. I can't believe that I ever wanted to spend my whole life with Fred. Mary completes a psychology degree, majoring in relationship counselling. Her life's mission is now helping young couples find happiness together. So what does Mary say about the dream wedding to Fred that got cancelled at the last minute? She says, I discovered strength I didn't know I had. If not for that, I wouldn't have the career I have now, and I would never have found Bill. So was it really a disaster that Fred ran off with Jennifer? How often do you hear this kind of story? Jim works in a bank for 12 years. Then suddenly he's made redundant, sacked. His mum says, this is a disaster. Jim applies for 20 jobs and doesn't even make it to the first interview. His dad says, this is terrible. Jim is now down to his last $100. Out of desperation, Jim starts building websites for friends for a few dollars. He gets better. He builds some sites for neighbours, then for strangers. Soon enough, Jim realises he has his own business. He has his challenges, and some people don't pay their bills, but Jim is happier than he's ever been. For the first time in his life, he's doing something that he really loves. He's his own boss. His life has new meaning and excitement, all out of apparent disaster. There's an ancient Chinese story. You may know about it. Not a week goes by that I don't think about this story. So even if you have heard it, I want to remind you about it. There once lived a farmer. He had a son and a horse. And one day the farmer's horse ran away. And all his neighbours came to console him, saying, What bad luck that your horse has run away. And the old man replied, Who knows if it's good luck or bad luck? Of course it's bad luck, said the neighbours. Within a week, the farmer's horse returned home followed by 20 wild horses. The farmer's neighbours all came to celebrate, saying, What good luck that your horses come home, followed by 20 other horses. And the old man replied, Who knows if it's good luck or bad luck? And of course the neighbours said, This old guy is crazy. 
anyone would know it's good luck. The next day, the farmer's son was out riding amongst the wild horses, and he fell and broke his leg. The neighbours came to console him, saying, What bad luck that your son has broken his leg. And the old man said, Who knows if it's good luck or bad luck. And some of the neighbours were angry, saying, Of course it's bad luck, you silly old fool. Well, another week went by and an army came through town, and the army was enlisting all the fit young men to go and fight in distant lands. The farmer's son, with his broken leg, was left behind. And all the neighbours came to celebrate, saying, What good luck that your son was left behind. And the farmer said, Who knows? We think we know what is best for us. We think we know what is best for other people. But do we? We miss a flight. We lose our job. A relationship falls apart. We say, this is disastrous. But is it? You say, but some things are definitely bad. Like, what if you catch a terrible disease? I wrote a book called Happiness in Hard Times that featured stories of extraordinary people who bounced back from tragedy and disappointment. This is Craig's story from the book Happiness in Hard Times. I've abbreviated it here, and the longer version is in the book. Craig wrote, Dad kicked Mum, my two sisters and me, out of the house when I was four. We left with nothing but our clothes, and we lived in a caravan. We tried going back once, only to be thrown out again. As a child, I never felt good enough. As a teenager, I was awkward and insecure. I had panic attacks. I let people walk all over me. Alcohol numbed the pain and gave me some confidence. I began to mix with a cool crowd in bars and nightclubs. I felt like part of a family. We did drugs like cocaine, ecstasy, marijuana and LSD. At 19, my doctor told me, you've got HIV. You've got five, maybe ten years to live. Go live your life. I was stunned. But I remember walking out of that hospital and saying to myself, this HIV is never going to get me, ever. HIV shocked me to my senses. I began to look inside myself. I got enormous help from Louise Hay's book, You Can Heal Your Life. I learned to use positive affirmations. I quit taking life and myself so seriously. I didn't tell my family until about 10 years into my diagnosis. They were devastated, but very supportive, and they still are. Learning to love myself and choosing to forgive other people changed my life. Nowadays, I feel comfortable in my own skin. I have self-confidence, and I don't take crap. I enjoy the simple things in life. I like who I am. When you like who you are, you're happy. I've been HIV positive for 24 years now. It is the best thing that could have happened to me. I was self-destructing. If I hadn't contracted HIV, I would have ended up dead in some gutter. I'm now studying to help people in similar situations as my own. My philosophy is, take nothing for granted, Giving is more important than receiving, and anything is possible. HIV has been my greatest teacher and blessing. That's Craig's story, and I'm not sure that in Craig's circumstances, I would be as brave or as positive as Craig. But I get inspired by Craig and by people like him. 
Craig shows us that there is life, and often a better life, after tragedy and disappointment. Disasters often force us to take action. We learn most when life hits us over the back of the head. Why? Because it's easier not to change. So we keep doing what we're doing until we hit a brick wall. Take our health, for example. When do we usually change diets or start exercising? When our body is falling apart. When the doctor says, if you don't change your diet and get some exercise, you won't even be here in five years. And we say something like, well, that would motivate me. In relationships, when is it that we usually tell each other how much we care? Isn't it during disasters? When the marriage is falling apart, when the family is falling apart. In school, when do we usually knuckle down and study? When we're about to fail. In business, when do we try new ideas and make the tough decisions? When we're going broke. When do we finally learn about customer service? After the customers have left. When do we get a burglar alarm? When we've lost everything. <laughs> when do we back up our computers? <laughs> After we've lost everything. We learn our biggest lessons when life gets rough. When have you made the most important decisions in your life? When you were on your knees, after disasters, after knockbacks, when you've been kicked in the head. That's when we say to ourselves, I'm sick of being broke. I'm sick of being kicked around. I'm tired of being mediocre. I'm going to do something with my life. Success, we celebrate. But we don't learn too much. Failure hurts. And that's when we get educated. Looking back, we usually notice that things we thought were disasters were turning points. We find in life what we look for. If you look for faults in your job or in your boyfriend or where you live, you find them. If you look for good things in your work or your kids or in your life, you find them. And the same is true for disasters. Even within disasters, you can find good things. What do effective people do during disasters? They ask themselves, what's good about this situation? You say, what if I'm broke? What's good about being broke? There are good things about being broke. You learn to budget. You develop character. You find out who your friends are. And you probably set some goals. You break your leg. You say, well, what's possibly good about that? You get to rest. You get to read some great books. You get to watch all those classic movies that you've never had time to watch. You learn to empathize with sick people. Here's what I've come to believe, that it's not what happens to us that matters so much as what we think about what happens to us. If you expect things to work out, no matter how bad they seem, you will find a way through. You get stuck in traffic and you miss your flight. You say, this is terrible. I'm in a hurry. People are waiting for me. I need to be in Hong Kong. I have to be on that flight. While you stay with that thought pattern, people will trip over you, spill coffee in your lap and lose your luggage. When you fight life, life always wins. The minute you say, there are no accidents in my life, I am where I'm meant to be. 
That's when things start to improve. You meet an old friend, you make a new friend, and life gets better. Taking the logical point of view doesn't always work. You apply for a job and miss out. If you tell yourself, that was my job, I had the qualifications and the experience, and now my life is ruined, you can be a wreck. You can be a wreck for a week, or if you want, a lifetime. You can argue your case with wonderful logical reasoning, and your argument will work, but your life won't, because life isn't logical. What do effective people say? They say something like, I have no idea why I didn't score that job, contract, opportunity, promotion, husband, but I choose to believe that something better is coming. So how important is attitude? Take two ladies, Anne and Jane. Both get divorced at 50. Anne says, my life is over. Jane says, my life has just begun. Who will blossom? It's not what happens to you that matters most. It's how you respond to what happens to you. I've been getting lots of emails and Facebook messages asking me, Andrew, where can I get your books? Because my books are in 42 languages and published by many different publishers, there's not one answer. But here are two answers that may be helpful to you if you're looking for books in English. If you like ebooks, then Amazon Kindle is a convenient option, and there's a link on my website. If you want hard copy English books, one solution is the Book Depository. You may not have heard of the Book Depository. It's an online store based in the UK, and it ships free to a hundred countries. So if you want a hard copy, and you can't find my books in your local store, visit the Book Depository. There's a link on my website at andrewmatthews.com forward slash podcasts. Look under podcast number four. My next podcast, number five, is about acceptance. The first step to happiness is accepting where you are, which is a whole lot easier in theory than practice. Join me for podcast five for some tips on accepting what you have while you pursue what you want. Until then... I wish you success and happiness.